Well, Saints, so good to see you. Um, you uh, a number of you in Jackson. Now it's really good to see you here in Baton Rouge. I have to tell a story or a testimony that ever since I was a little boy, I always wanted to come to Louisiana. Really. I always wanted to come. And uh, because of songs I heard and things I read and looking at the map, you know, the boot, I thought, wow, I want to go there one day. And praise the Lord today, after quite a few decades, <laughs> I'm here. Amen. Here in Louisiana. Yeah, amen. I'll say it again. Louisiana. Amen. Well, saints, um, <clears throat> you know, recently uh, in our fellowship in Jackson, at least, it's been a little bit on the sober side. And really, uh, the sharing in the Lord's recovery as a whole recently has been quite sober, right? Uh, not kind of rah-rah kind of meetings, but very sober. And, uh, you know, I was considering the world situation right now has a number of different powder kegs uh, throughout the world. There's one in the Ukraine right now, uh, which could blow. Uh, there's one in uh, uh, the Middle East, right, which could blow. There's Russia and China, right, uh, China with Taiwan, and that could blow up. And then there's North Korea that's shooting, you know, missiles all over the place. That could blow. And, uh, you know, I've been considering that uh, <clears throat> in, in recent days, currently, it seems like the Lord, I may be wrong, but it seems like the Lord has kind of put a hold on all of those activities, all of those powder cakes, because if even one of them were to blow, uh, then that would affect the entire world situation. Just like uh, the Ukraine situation started to uh, have an effect on, on the whole earth. So um, <clears throat> then I was thinking, well, it seems like the Lord, he's the one that's overall. Right, we've got all these things going on, but it's the Lord who is over all, and He is administrating for His economy. And it seems like the Lord has kind of put a pause on the situation right now. And then I was considering why would the Lord do that right now? Why would the Lord? Uh, kind of, uh, uh, I don't know what the right word is, restrain, restrain the situation uh, right now. And then uh, I, I had the definite feeling that the Lord is doing that so that during this period of time, he could raise up the overcomers. And, you know, we should not think that the Lord's raising up of the overcomers uh, 
should take, uh, you know, an extended, a long period of time. That's kind of our concept. <clears throat> but maybe that is not the case. Maybe the Lord just needs, uh, you know, a period of time, some months, right? A couple, uh, a few years, <clears throat> not a real long time to raise up the overcomers. And let me ask you, why is it important? <clears throat> I'd like to ask somebody to bring me a bottle of water, please. Uh, I, I, you know, why is, are the overcomers, uh, important? Let me ask you. Time's up. Uh, <laughs> it's important because if you look at the picture, thank you. If you look at the picture in the Old Testament, we have a picture there that after the children of Israel had uh, been carried away into captivity, then the Lord stirred up the spirit, even of the king, where they were, and of some of the Jews, to do what? To go back to Jerusalem and do what? Build what? Initially, they came back to build up the temple. And where's the temple? It's on Mount Zion. <laughs> Very meaningful. The Lord stirred them up to, when I came into the recovery, you know, we had a song, stirred up, stirred up. You know, oh, the Lord has stirred our spirit up. To do what? Go up, bring up, build up. <laughs> you know, a lot of ups. And that is a picture, right? They were called to go back and build God's dwelling place, to rebuild it, because it was in ruins, right? It had been sacked and neglected. And, uh, you know, we were talking about this the other night, I, I believe it, at Neil's home. And, you know, not a whole lot of people came back. Somebody said, how many Jews were there in Babylon? Two million? Anyway, whatever. Uh, but a, a, a small number of that, you know, and some of them started off to go back, but didn't make the trip all the way back. So by the time uh, all was said and done, there were not that many that went back to Jerusalem, to Mount Zion, to build up the temple. This is a picture. What did the building up of the temple uh, do as far as God's economy? God needed the temple to be built up, according to prophecy, for the Lord Jesus to come the first time. For him to come the first time, the temple needed to be built up. 
Really, it should have been all of Israel that went back to do the work. But only a small number went back to do the work. And as we know the story, even they were sidetracked. But eventually, the temple and the city, the wall around the temple, were built up. Praise the Lord! That is a picture of what the Lord wants to do today. The Lord wants a remnant. He wants a small number of absolute ones who will leave everything and go back and build. Build up not the physical temple, but the spiritual a temple that Peter talks about in his first epistle. To build up the church. To build up the body of Christ. A small number. And these, dear saints, are the ones we call the overcomers. Are you following me? I know we listen to so many messages. You know, we listen to so many messages. But do your best to follow me. (laughs) I came a long way. (laughs) We need, during these days, you know, Fred mentioned uh, before, uh, you know, we started here, that this is the age of the overcomers. You might say, well, yeah, right, I've heard that before. And, you know, saints, our reaction is kind of numb. No feeling. You are like that at your own peril. Do you realize, saints, I will insert this again, that only the overcomers will enjoy the new Jerusalem during the kingdom. Only overcomers, not non-overcomers. Only the overcomers will enjoy the kingdom, the new Jerusalem, during the 1,000 years. The vast majority of Christians will not be overcomers. Think about it. You know, my uh, Darlene, she's here, and she gave her testimony actually to me, and she said how terrible it would be for her and many of us to go through our whole lifetime with what we've seen, what we've heard, what we've experienced, and end up just like any other Christian who never saw or heard what we saw or heard. What a shame that would be. Am I right? Really, it is the whole church that should do the building up of the body of Christ. But just like the picture in the Old Testament, that will not be the case. So in the last book of the Bible, The Lord calls 
for overcomers. In all the churches, the seven churches, which represent also seven periods of history of the church until the Lord comes back. And in each church, the Lord calls He who overcomes. He's calling for this small group to build up the body of Christ so that the Lord can come again for the second time. To do what? To bring in the kingdom. He came the first time mainly to accomplish redemption. To become the life-giving spirit. To get into us. But the second time He comes, He will come as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Dear saints, don't tune me out. This is sober. Will you be an overcomer? It's about as weak a response as I could dream of. Let me ask you again. It's okay to perform. You know, that's like artificial resuscitation. Will you be an overcomer? Listen. Satan is here, or his angels... Uh, observing our meeting, and when you give that, there's they're slapping one another on the back, saying this is a good meeting, <laughs> right? But when, <laughs> but when we say a strong amen, yes, I will be an overcomer. I aspire to be an overcomer. I'm willing to pay the price to be an overcomer. We say a strong amen. Oh, bad meeting. Let's leave. Right. Well, I didn't intend to share that. But we are in the age of the overcomers. Saints Brother Lee in his last years made it very clear that throughout the history of man, the divine history, first God had the, what, the uh, patriarchs. He had the patriarchs. Uh, That's not the word I want, but anyway, the initial group. And he had his purpose in mind. They did not carry it out. Then he had the descendants of Abraham. Earthly. That is the Old Testament saints. Saints, please pay attention. Don't be distracted. You just said a moment ago you would be an overcomer. You could miss the very thing you need to hear. That group, the Jews in the Old Testament, did not carry out God's economy. And the heavenly descendants of Abraham, that is the church. This way you say, whoa, 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 whoa. So what Brother Lee said. The church has not. I mean, is the Lord back? Let me ask you, is the Lord back? How long has the church been on the earth? 
2000, is the Lord back? Is the, has the kingdom come in? Body built? No. We have to face the fact. We have to face the fact, Baron. So, there is a fourth group. And this group is what I've been talking about. The overcomers. A small group. Hallelujah for small groups. It's a small group, but they will carry out God's economy. Finally, actually, and practically. Well, tonight, coming to the outline, with the overcomers in view, I really believe... The Lord has, has given us some time here <laughs> before the missiles start or the bombs start dropping, whatever. I may be wrong, but I think the Lord is giving us some time. And he that has an ear, let him hear. It's up to, it's up to us, Right? This is the age of the overcomers now. <clears throat> you know, Brother Lee pointed out, eventually the new Jerusalem in eternity will also be composed 100% of overcomers. Some of them will be those 1,000-year overcomers, the ones that overcame in this age. Let me ask you again, will you be an overcomer? Amen. <laughs> It'll be composed of that small number plus all the rest of the Christians. During the thousand years, they will be brought up to the standard of an overcomer. And it won't be pleasant. I refer you to the last conference we had in Jackson, Mississippi, your next-door neighbor, right? Where we saw, you know, all of the... We don't know exactly, exactly what's going to happen, but there's a lot of things mentioned, you know, like being heard of the second death, name erased out of the book of life, right? Outer darkness, and the door was shut. A lot of things that don't sound very good. <clears throat> so, uh, saints, this is sobering. If you really are hearing what I'm saying, I know you are listening, but if you're hearing, <laughs> you know, John said, he that has an ear, let him hear. Not just listen, hear. What the Spirit is saying to the church, if you have an ear to hear, it will begin to sober you even unto desperation. Now, I come to the outline. And I'm not going to be that long, although I always say that, and it ends up long. I've got a lot of quotes. I may not read them all. As a matter of fact, I probably will not read them all. But I've got them there for you to read them. These quotes are real blockbusters. 
They are real sobering items, which I would like you to read. If we don't read them here, I'd like you to read them prayerfully sometime and sometime soon. But before we get into the quotes, Roman numeral one, our Christian life, like the New Testament, should be balanced and twofold. What do I mean, balanced and twofold? Well, I've got some sub-points. Two, two and a half years ago in Jackson, we began to have uh, some messages on life and service. Right? Life and service. One, life is... Right? The other service is... (laughs) You you know what I'm saying. Life. Not just life. But service. And not just service, you'll burn out but life and service. Am I right? And this is clearly seen in Matthew 24 and 25. So that Brother Lee has these uh, phrases, watchful in life and faithful in service. We all need to be that way. We need to be not only the virgins, With oil in our vessel, that means the Spirit has spread into our soul. We have experienced transformation. But we are also the faithful slaves that bring profit to the Lord. They're given talents to use to make a profit. And let me ask you, what profit does the Lord want? Exactly, exactly, right. You see, these brothers were in Jackson, you know, or anyway, they were in full-time training. (laughs) Or they read the Bible, right? No, uh, these ones have oil in their vessel, and they are the faithful slaves, making a profit for the Lord, a prophet, that is people. Does the Lord need money? Well, you, you know, don't get me wrong, you know, surely to carry out certain things we do need to offer. But, you know, the Lord, I mean, he could just he could print out a lot of money, you know, if he wanted to. Right? He, we used to sing this song, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. You know, the wealth in every mind. If the Lord wanted to, But that's not what the Lord is after. The Lord, from cover to cover of the Bible, is interested in men. And the prophet that the slaves present to the Lord is men. Life and service, actually, they work together. Right? They work together. We sang a song. The overflow of life is what? Work. Work. 
the overflow of <laughs> being watchful in life is service. That's work. Twofold. Are you following me? Twofold. This might seem, but in a moment I'll show how we hide it. B. Teaching and practice. Ha! Here's the point. Brother Lee made a statement in 1993 in the book Fellowship Concerning the Urgent Need of the Vital Groups. He said, in teaching, we're very good. But in practice, we are not. Now, 30 years later, I would say the situation is pretty much the same. Might be worse. Teaching, very good. And say, thankful for this. We're thankful for the seven feasts that we have every year. You know, we're continuing steadfastly in the apostolate. But it's twofold. It's not just. Teaching, 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 it has to be practice. And Brother Lee said, clearly, in practice, we are not so good. We love to hear. <laughs> right? We love to hear. We like to you know, take our notes and, you know, learn the points. We love that. But to go to a neighbor to say a word concerning the Lord, we don't want to do that. Or is it just me? I think teaching and practice, twofold, twofold. Then, here's another one. Come and go. Do you all realize the New Testament began with come? The Lord went to the future disciples and He said, come. Come after me. Come. And throughout the Gospel, come unto me. Come, come, come. Come for what? Life. Come for life. Right? But how do the Gospels end? <laughs> um, yes, we love to come. Ooh, ooh, we don't like that. I was telling the brothers the other years ago, I was in London, England. I was teaching the in the training, and we were having a, like a home meeting. And a brother was talking about a verse in Matthew where the Lord is talking about the fields are white unto harvest. And to pray that the Lord of the harvest would thrust out. A brother was, he, he, he said, he said that word thrust out is the same as a, a, a word three verses earlier, cast out demons, thrust out workers, out demons, same word. And then he made a comment. He said the demons don't like to come out and the workers don't like to go out. 
You know, that's really our case. We don't like to go. It's your choice. Come and go. You know, the word disciple means learner. Came to the Lord to learn of Him. They followed Him. But eventually, disciples became apostles. What is an apostle? A sent one. A sent one. Right? Not only you come to learn, you go to preach. <coughs> Are you following me? We have some here from England. Annie, praise the Lord. Good to see you. And your husband, hallelujah. Talking about London, huh? Amen. She may have been there for that meeting. I don't know. Um, Disciples, yeah, we like that. Learn, learn, learn. Take a lot of notes. Learn, learn, learn. Go through the test, you know, learn, 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 learn. I'm not knocking anything now. Learn, learn, learn. But once it comes to go, an apostle, not so much. It's our choice. But at the judgment seat, we will all be checked by the Lord. I will read you a quote before I'm finished these two days that is a blockbuster that affected me when I read it years ago and is still affecting me today. Then the last example of this twofoldness, in and out. (laughs) In and out. Right? Even physically, you know, you eat. And we all love to eat. We stopped at a here today. I probably ate too much. Too much went in. Thank the Lord I'm up here tonight so that something can come out. But even if eating, if we just take in, take in, take in, there's no exercise, right? There's no exercise, right? You're going to have a problem. Right. I want to read one of the quotes uh, at this point. How much we enjoy the riches of the vine, which really is what we're focusing on for these three meetings, depends on how much fruit we bear. Chew on that for a moment. How much we enjoy the riches depends on how much fruit we bear. In other words, the in depends on the out as much as the out depends on the in. Are you following me? We may compare this to water, to a water hose on a faucet. In order to have I'm, I'm skipping down to the underline. The rich flow of life, we need to open our being and let the life flow out of us and bear fruit. For water to come into the hose, water has 
to go out of the hose. Am I right? And then at the bottom of the sheet, we should not resist or hold back the feeling, or what is that feeling, of the divine life flowing in us. But we should let God flow through into us and flow out of us once in a while. Continuously. Often God cannot flow into us because we have not let him flow out. If we do not let him flow out of us, he cannot flow into us. Have you ever heard this? (laughs) He cannot flow into us. This can be likened to water flowing out of a water hose. While water is flowing into the water hose then water can flow out. Okay. I hope we're impressed. Our Christian life, twofold. Twofold. Two sides. We love the in. We don't like the out. We like the come. We don't like the go. Lord, save us. You know who the overcomers are? Well, uh, point E, to discern a real balance among saints 40 years ago, 1980, the result of a slow drift, and Brother Lee himself said this, I'm not making this up, a slow to late 1970s. The migrations, you know, migration is a good thing. Have you all ever migrated? (laughs) Fred did. Max, I think you did. It's a good thing. You know, that's to go. We like to stay. <laughs> you know, but the Lord wants us to go. And that's what the vine does, by the way. You know, the vine doesn't only bring, bring forth fruit. The vine spreads. So not to spread, to say nothing about not to bear fruit, is against the nature of the vine. And who is the vine? Christ is the vine. And who are we? The branches. We are the ones that will bear the fruit. Right? The migrating stopped at a certain point in the mid to late 1970s. I migrated from Los Angeles. In 1971, it was wonderful. I migrated again and again and again and again, a <laughs> number of times. It's wonderful. But that movement stopped. And not only so, 
the saints began simply be listening to messages, which is not their fault, but took the way of the life studies. Later, you know, Brother Lee made a comment. He said he was wondering if he should uh, have spent so much time on certain things and not more time on practical things like the God-ordained way. Anyway, they were just listening, listening. And brother, it becomes personal time with Brother Lee, right in 1980, heard the story. And Brother Lee had asked me to come down to Irving, Texas, uh, to talk about a last word. That's my theme. Very useful, right? It's more useful in Louisiana because there's at least French going on, which is from Latin. Anyway, <laughs> we talked about Trinitas, and then after we finished talking about Trinitas, Brother Lee asked me a question. He said, Paul, he said, why do you think the, the Lord's recovery is so low, so slow? And I kind of was ready for that question because I had been thinking about it. When I came in the 1960s, you know, it was a time of flux. Everybody was open. They were looking for something new. You know, they were dropping out of, of religious, political, economic, social things and just being so free, so free, you know. But then after a number of years, they got tired of driving run-down cars, living in shacks, having no money, and, you know, look, being, looking, smelling, and, uh, <laughs> you know. So the hippies, 180-degree turn, and became what three, the yuppies. The yuppies are hippies who have made a 180-degree turn. A few years ago, they were dropping out, now they're going back in. They're going back in to get the best job, the best car, the best house, the best everything. And I told, this, this was my answer to Brother Lee. So, as a result of that, they're not open. They're not open. In other words, what I was telling Brother Lee, no increase, it's their fault. He didn't say anything. Later, I heard. Uh, Brother Lee was talking to some brothers and um, talking about some uh, opposition that the recovery was experiencing at the time. And uh, Brother Lee told the brothers, he said, I wasn't there. He said, I'm not as concerned with the outward opposition as I am with the deadness of the saints. He said that. So when I heard that, I put his question and his brothers together. Huh, the reason that there is low increase in the Lord's recovery? Deadness.
Point three. Brother Lee had been speaking the life studies to the saints for years by 1984. Yet, by 1984, there was very little increase and the saints were somewhat dead. See, inflow, but no outflow. You know, there is a dead sea. And what made it dead long ago is water was coming in. (laughs) No water was going out. So as a result, it became dead. Dead. No life in the Dead Sea. Inflow, but no outflow, leading to deadness. This is the sentence. He was... And he spent his last 12 plus to uh, find that biblical way to have the church life in which the saints would be vital and there would be increase. You know, no increase is a a life So Brother Lee, he went to the comb through the New Testament to find the biblical way to have the church life with vitality and with the proper increase. And now we point of tonight. How much time I have left? Maybe I'm, I should stop. What oh, order? Lord what, Jesus. It's only eight o'clock. What is that? I want help. Point Roman numeral two, saints. Barrenness. Got a problem? Barren. (laughs) He's not barren. He's barren, but he's not barren. Okay. All right. All right. Got it. Barrenness, you know, in the book, The Training and Practice of the Vital Groups, 1993, Brother Lee talked about three enemies to us today. Deadness, lukewarmness, and barrenness. These are three enemies to us today in the Lord's recovery. Not somewhere else. And you know, saints, barrenness is something, if you're honest, we don't like to talk about it. Right? We don't like to talk about it. Let's talk about something else. Right? Let's talk about the life-giving spirit. For sure, we should talk about the life-giving spirit. But you know, at the judgment seat, the Lord is not going to ask us about the life-giving spirit. I'll read you that quote eventually. Blockbuster. Barrenness 
is an enemy of the Lord's move and an indicator of imbalance. You need to read Training and Practice of the Vital Group's message number two to get the full picture on these three enemies. A, we need the new ones. Listen to this. We need the new ones. <laughs> are, you, are you buying what I'm saying? Listen to this point. We need the new ones as new members of the body of Christ, as the living stones for God's building. We also need them. In other words, we need them as materials for God's building. And we also need them for our own vitality. (laughs) You say, oh, come on. You know, I can be at home in my rocking chair and call on the Lord ten times and, you know, be vital. (laughs) I don't know about that vitality. I don't know about that joy, as we will see. This is God's wisdom, right? The new ones become the materials that God needs for his building. The members that Christ needs for the building up of his body. But also, those new ones help us in our own vitality. They drive us to the Spirit. Am I right? You can't go to a new one dead. You you know, it forces you in a good way to go to the Lord. Lord, I got to see Jimmy. Lord, Lord, Lord. You know, and you confess. You do all the things that you should do, but don't do because of that new one. Are you following me? This is God's wisdom. (laughs) You know, I I shared a a similar point, oh, it's over 10 years ago, maybe 12, at a NorCal conference, Northern California. And so I said in the conference to the young people, I said, we need new ones. You know, we need new ones. I was sharing this. So anyway, then during the prophesying time, Testimony time, you know, there were a long line. And one young brother came up, and uh, he was very new. I, uh, I heard that he had only been meeting for about six weeks. He goes up to the microphone and he says, we need new ones. <laughs> <coughs> that just about made, made the conference for me. This is God's wisdom. But Satan hates it. Satan hates it. I got a quote or two. <laughs> Lord, I should be better prepared here. For the Lord's recovery, this is on page 1 2 of your quotes. For the Lord's recovery, We all need a turn from barrenness to fruitfulness. We need the new ones. 
We need new blood. Newly saved ones. Listen. All the local churches must pay attention to this. Right? If our number remains the same year after year, the saints may eventually lose interest in serving. Think about it. Or perhaps you've observed it. Lose interest in serving. Instead of being busy in the church life, they may become busy in a negative way. And saints, I've observed this. There's no vitality. There's no new ones. There's no fruit. And, you know, I observe, even former trainees, sorry to say, I see that they are drifting to the world. Nothing is holding them. They, they are becoming busy in something else. Mothers with young children are consumed with taking care of them. They do not have much time for other things. The only rescue for us, Brother Lee says, is to change our way so that we can gain the increase. This is the only remedy. Then another one, the one right below. Some brothers and sisters have been faithful in the recovery and for the recovery for many years. But I have observed that they have not borne fruit. They love the church, they are for the church, and they support the church financially, but they are not bearing fruit. They should realize that to not bear fruit is a serious thing before the Lord. The Lord wants us to have a spiritual life in the church, yes, to go to the meetings, yes, to worship him and to live him. But listen to this next sentence. But what is all this for? If all the saints in the church were like this, yet no one bore any fruit, the church would eventually die out. If the people of a nation did not bear children, the nation would eventually become extinct. The most basic, crucial, and vital thing is for us to bring forth children. Saints, am I too much? It's not me, it's Brother Lee. Argue with him when you see him. I don't want to spend... Too much time. You got all the quotes. Read them. <clears throat> when I was in Jackson the last time, I uh, I got a text right before the Friday night meeting, and it was from a brother uh, from uh, a locality that we used to meet with. Now I can't find it. Um. And basically what what he said was that he was touched by this word concerning barrenness. And he faced the fact. He went to the Lord. He said, Lord, I'm barren. 
I don't want to be barren. Right? This is honest. This is honest. Lord, I'm barren. And he was bothered by it. You know, if I have one wish for the meeting tonight, it's that you would be bothered by being barren. The bothering, instead of just being numb, the bothering will bring in desperation. And the desperation will cause you to be an overcomer. Brother Lee said, he said, the only cure or the only hope is if we would become desperate. That's why I'm sharing this and reading these quotes. I hope somehow the Lord would touch you uh, with the world situation, the judgment seat, all of this in view, the Lord would touch you concerning your barrenness. You would be bothered and you would become desperate to pray, to repent, to confess, to deal with, to do whatever you need to do to become vitalized and fruitful. Point C, the danger of spiritualizing John 15 on fruit bearing. And what I mean by this point is some people say, think, that to bear fruit in those, those verses in John 15 means the fruit of the Spirit. In Brother Lee's last 12 years, he strongly and utterly refuted that view. And he used verse 16 of John 15. He said, in that verse, the Lord talks about uh, us going forth and bearing fruit. Indicating that the fruit, and that the fruit would remain, indicating that the fruit is not some spiritual virtues, but the fruit is people. Sub-point one. Verses two and six talk about being cut off if you don't bear fruit. You think, well, well. I mean, have you ever thought about those verses? What does it mean? It doesn't mean you're not going to be saved anymore. No. It doesn't mean you're going to lose your salvation. What it means, if you read especially the first 11 verses of John 15, you will lose your enjoyment of Christ as the vine. Remember what I said a moment ago? With the hose, right? If, if something doesn't come out, something can't come in. If you don't bear fruit, there will be a problem with your enjoyment. Neil, are you following me? But if you bear fruit, if something comes out, more of the riches of Christ will come in. 
and you will have the joy that the Lord speaks of in verse 11. You know, that must be the top joy in the universe. You know, the Lord said, these things have I spoken to you. What things? Abide in me, I in you, bear fruit. Those things. He said, I've spoken those things to you that, what? My joy may be in you. What is that? Have you ever had the Lord's joy? Ha, ha, ha. I don't know. Only the Lord knows. If we've experienced the Lord's joy, my goodness. That's like Matthew 25 says, enter into the joy of your Lord. What? What is that joy? The joy. Oh, I don't think we know. We know how to be happy. Happy. But this joy is something much deeper, more profound. Like Peter said, it is unspeakable. Yeah. And full of glory. For who? The Father. The Father is glorified. The Lord said, my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. Do you have full joy? Or I could use the word enjoyment. Full, <laughs> full, or you just sometimes you're you're just a little bit happy. Sometimes there's a difference. Yeah. Oh Lord, are my words like water off ducks' back tonight? Maybe, maybe, but maybe there's one or two here tonight that are aspiring. To be overcomers. One or two, maybe three. (laughs) I don't know. It'd be wonderful if it was 30. These verses, verse 16 says, You have not chosen me, but I've chosen you. And have set you. You know, the imagery is in the vine. I've set you. That you should bear much fruit. That you should go forth and bear fruit. This is serious. Both on the negative side and on the positive side. But... You know, this should cause us to be desperate, but (laughs) we remain numb. We remain numb. Even as I'm speaking, maybe we are just numb. Yeah, that's right. Soften our heart, Lord. We don't want to be numb. It it doesn't bother us. It's like we're drugged. Satan has drugged us. And, you know, when the Lord comes, you know, this period of time that I was talking about, I may be wrong, 
But eventually the Lord will come. Behold, I come quickly. We don't know when that's going to happen. Behold, I come quickly. Right? Weren't we talking about this, Neil? You know, I come quickly. My goodness. Then it's too late. Then it's too late. It's too late to be faithful in your service. You know, it says that when people realize that at the judgment seat, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. (laughs) I'm sorry to be so serious. You know why they weep and gnash their teeth? Because there's no longer any opportunity for them to make a profit for the Lord. Ooh! I had all those years. Ooh! Ooh! But I was numb. Ooh! Deep regret and sorrow. But it's too late. Saints, Lord have mercy on you, on me, on all of us. We don't want to be numb. These verses, a two under C, have implications for us both in the present age and during the 1,000 years. Many of the saints don't realize they have lost the enjoyment. I'll get into this tomorrow morning. We'll talk about what is real joy. What is real joy? And many of the saints don't realize, you know, they say, oh, you know, they go on in their church life and, you know, one feast, they enjoy a few points. They think they're in the enjoyment, right? Oh, I got a few points. I was really touched by, you know, this, this, this. And then in, in one week, they forget everything, right? I'm sorry. I'm just being honest. lost our joy. We've lost our joy. We need to get it back while the Lord is pausing the world situation. D, we need genuine abiding in the Lord. Now, here's an interesting point from the book, The Tree of Life. We had this in uh, the Memorial Day Conference. It was in the Holy Word. Brother Lee talked about what is genuine abiding. Because if you read, I think it's verse 6, if you abide in the Lord and the Lord abides in you, you will bear fruit. Right? It says that. Yet, why don't you bear fruit? Like that song that we sang. Right? Well, let's see if these points might help us. We need genuine abiding in the Lord. And uh, brotherly traced through the Gospel of John, we have genuine abiding by, first of all, receiving the Lord. Have you received the Lord? Humor me and say aloud, Amen. Amen. Have you received the Lord? Yeah, John 1, 12 and 13. Then, genuine abiding is not only receiving the Lord, 
But it is drinking him. Are you drinking him? Amen. <laughs> Even if you're not, say amen. amen. You're standing with your spirit. Amen. Are you drinking? Amen. Oh, we've received him. Amen. We're drinking him. Amen. And then in chapter 6, we're eating him. Amen. We're eating him. Then in chapter 15, we're abiding in Him. This is genuine abiding. Saints, you know, my burden tonight is, you know, to bear fruit, we need to abide in Him, and He needs to abide in us. And His abiding in us depends on our abiding in Him. What comes first? He tells us, abide in me, and I in you. Right? That comes first. Abide in me. What is the genuine abiding? Some of us may have the thought that because we've believed into the Lord, we're abiding. Do you have that thought? Oh, I'm abiding. You're afraid of you following what I'm trying to say? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm attached. We may consider the fact that we are attached to the Lord as abiding in the Lord. No. Our, what did Brother Lee call it? He called it active, passive, or whatever it was. Passive, active. As we are abiding, our abiding in the Lord is not, you know, like a dead fish. You know, we're abiding in the Lord having received Him. We're drinking Him. We're eating Him, right? We are really involved with the Lord, that is genuine abiding. That is genuine enjoying of the life sap of the vine. Just being attached is not abiding. That's the first step. But having been attached, we need to drink. We need to eat. Right? We need to drink. We need to eat. We need to breathe. Oh, Lord. How about this? Would you say amen to that? F, when we genuinely... Oh, sorry, E. Genuine abiding is more than merely being grafted in and attached. There's activity in abiding. And it's it's almost contradictory. You know, abiding means just to remain. But how do you remain? You remain by drinking, eating. That's genuine abiding, which will cause the Lord to abide in you in the way that you would bring forth fruit. Well, When we genuinely abide in Christ, he will abide in us. His abiding in us depends on our abiding in him. We need, saints, to be desperate regarding our barrenness. And we need to be desperate to have the genuine abiding in the Lord. It is this next point, 
G. It is this genuine and mutual abiding that will bring forth fruit. (laughs) But then there's a little added point. But practically, we need help. (laughs) Have you found that out? In bearing fruit, right, we need help. If I'm here, you know, telling, uh, you know, Neil, bear fruit, bear fruit, bear fruit. You know, exhortation only goes so far. But we need some help. And Roman number three describes to us what Brother Lee has presented to us as real help in fruit bearing. Roman numeral three, a God-ordained setting to save us from barrenness is the vital groups. The group members become our help. Point A, as we go to the Lord to confess, repent, and deal in order to be vital, we've gone over this in the past, one big item to be repented of is barrenness. Saints, if the Lord has touched you tonight, even in the least, about your barrenness, don't just leave it with that, oh, 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 I got touched. Oh. No, it would be so good if you went to the Lord to repent of your barrenness. Lord, I don't agree with me being barren. I like to repent of my barrenness. I didn't mention this in earlier messages about being vitalized. But we need to add this to our repenting and dealing with the Lord. Lord, I don't agree with it. Lord, I see what you're saying in John 15. Lord, I like to bear fruit. I don't want to be barren. We need to repent. And we, it says, should have some feeling about this. How many of you tonight... Honestly, well, I better not, because everybody will put up their hands. You know whether, even through what help we're trying to render, you have some feeling, a little bit more feeling about being barren. If you have no feeling at all, Lord be merciful to you. B, to be vital is to be both living and active. Satan hates vitalized saints. And he hates vital groups of saints even more. He is the one who has been frustrating our picking up the God-ordained way and the vital groups all these years so that we're still floundering in the matter of fruit bearing. We need help. We need the group We need the church. And the church isn't the 200 people that meet on the Lord's Day. The church is those six or eight that you meet with throughout the week. Your vital group. It's corporate. 
But it's small. It is manageable. Say, think about it. You're in a group. You have the mutual encouragement. And in a good sense, you have the mutual accountability to one another. Whereas if you were just on your own, you know, with your good intentions, it would not take you very far. Hallelujah for this is, this is God's wisdom. Neil, and, uh, you know, maybe I'll, I'll you know, find uh, time for the quote that Brother Lee said that he had been in the ministry at a certain point for over 50 years or something like that. And he was talking about the, the vital groups. He says, I have never been more burdened about anything as he, as he was about the vital groups. It's not a joke. Take it or leave it, you know. See, together with our companions in desperation, we need to overcome Satan with great resolutions of heart and searchings of heart. That means a fresh reconsecration. And by showing strength and taking action, we have the verses quoted uh, at the top from, uh, for those portions. Showing strength and taking action to do what? Genuinely abide in the Lord so that he can abide in us for bearing fruit. We need the mutual encouragement, as I said a moment ago, and accountability of the group. You know, in the group, as we are together, we all realize to be barren is not okay. You are ho-hum about it tonight because you're not in a group. In the group, that makes you Accountable, right? You know what I'm saying. It encourages you and and makes you accountable. To be barren is not okay. Lord, I don't want to be barren. I want the genuine abiding in you that will bring forth fruit. And then D, our first action, quote, quote, in the God-ordained way is to bear fruit. What are the groups for? Immediately, they are for bearing fruit. Ultimately, they are for the building up of the body of Christ. Because the fruit that we bear become the materials for building up of the body of Christ. You might say, oh, oh, but we're here. And we've been here for the last 20 years. Here, The Lord has some materials here. Yes, for the last 20 years. The Lord's had the same materials here. Is that a glory to the Father, dear saints? Surely we love all the saints that we've been meeting with for all these years, but we need new blood. And the more fruit we have, the more glory there is for the Father. Bear fruit. The group companions help one another here in the bearing of fruit. We pray, we fellowship, even we study our 
contacts, and then we go. Surely the Lord will be with us to bear fruit. E, we need to take action together in life and in coordination and with the truth and with prayer. How about let's all read E together. Oh, we do need the truth, right, as we go to people. You know, we're going to speak. What are you going to speak? You need the truth, for sure. Then the last point, Lord, let's read this all together, too. Lord, we are in the age of the overcomers today. So raise up your overcomers, your vital groups. You know, the Lord, or Brother Lee, as he was sharing in practical points concerning blending, and I, I will read this quote, I think at, a, at some point, probably tomorrow, um, he used vital groups and overcomers in apposition, in his mind, actually and practically. The real overcomers today are these vital groups. And that's what he got as he combed through the New Testament. Saints, I'm finished. I don't know if you're happy or sad or whatever. I did the best I could. And uh, how about let's pray with our neighbor. Uh, Fred, are we okay with time?